the internet, and welcome to season 133, episode 5 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's share consciousness as they officially off the top. Fuck the Koch brothers and fuck Fox News. Fair Uh, enough. It's Friday, May 15th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. When the dew's on the shelf, drop it in the car, drop it in the car, drop it in the car. Oh, no. That is courtesy of Benny Young. And I am thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Running, 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 running. Can't keep six feet away. Can't keep six feet away. Thank you to that uh, for that run-in far side and also Jay Dilla by extension, uh, aka by at Matt Dick though. Appreciate it because <laughs> after looking at some of that footage from Wisconsin, seems like a lot of people don't even know what one foot is, uh, let alone six feet. So oh, yeah, thanks right? to everybody for trying to socially distance. You are helping uh, flatten the curve. Mm. And we're thrilled to be joined in our other hosting chair by the hilarious and talented Lil Zam herself, Jamie Loftus! I can see clearly now that Jamie's on the yeah. Daily Zite with Jack and Miles of Grey. Gone are the need for pants as our podcast. I'm going to record, record, record. Oh. Podcast oh. all day. That's from yeah. at Rancid Monkey. Thank you. So I put out. I, I put out an emergency bulletin for. I ran out of AKAs and and he came up with that inside of seven minutes. If you can. Wow! Oh my goodness! I know. Gracious. Incredible stuff. It's like they say, all the hit that songs just come flow right out from people's. Uh, isn't that it's Mines. like those really bad takes when they're like, uh, Trump is actually going to be great for art. <laughs> uh, <it's> like, <laughs> Think about the great protest songs we're going to get, you guys. <laughs> Have we gotten a single protest song? What we the got fuck? Versace, Versace. I'm sure like those weird Versace, 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 Trump Versace. sister YouTube channel things got to have some. Kid Rock dropped one. Yeah, yeah. You uh, did? It's all about protesting quarantine. us. The mainstream. Oh yeah, that's what I'm. Oh, I I completely misheard. I'm like, yeah, I think there's got to be some on the right already who are like, you know. No, I think like boomers were all like, man, this is gonna be great for art. Uh, Bob Dylan's gonna drop some heat now, and he did. It just wasn't about this JFK. president. Uh, we're thrilled to be joined today in our fourth seat by the hilarious and talented Mr. Andy Beckerman. Hello, everyone. Hey, here's a quick tip. If you want to know what six feet is, that's the height of Shrek. Whoa. <laughs> so just so picture, wait, picture Shrek, Shrek lying face down in front of you. How tall is everyone else in Duloc? Is yeah, that what right? The fuck. Duloc. They, oh, they're very that's small. Right. Yeah, yeah. They're- Shrek's. <laughs> <laughs> so just imagine okay, a Shrek on- between you and everyone else. Wow. I didn't- I'm seeing Shrek. Was originally based on a six, fo- seven foot height. Oh, what? Huh. 
on Google, he comes up as 6'9". Wow. But Who's then, making these decisions? 6'4". I don't know. There's someone who has like a lineup like the usual suspects and is trying to extrapolate everyone else's height based on how tall Shrek is. Not I co-founded than- DreamWorks. So I think I'm the authoritative voice when right. it comes to Shrek's height. <laughs> now, right. more th- now more than ever, amid coronavirus panic, it is a fun time to watch Shre- the Shrek the Musical uh, official Broadway recording on Netflix. It's been up there for seven years, and I think I'm the only one that's watched it. It's so fun. Wait, was it like a tortured, cursed musical that like didn't go on for like, like that the one? Lion the King? Is so bad? It was a very successful musical that starred Brian Darcy James and Sutton Foster. It was what? It, it was it was a wildly successful Broadway musical. And honestly, and I'm not being like edgelord here, it's pretty good. Like, Bunheads, Sutton Foster. Yeah, literally Sutton Foster in 500 pounds of ogre makeup. She was Princess Fiona. <laughs> wow. It was wow. Okay. The whole record, ma- the the makeup is horrifying, but the songs kind of slap. <laughs> I got some mescaline and I just upped my uh, broadband package, so <laughs> that might be something to do over the weekend. There you go. Yeah, yeah. We, that's what we reviewed the Shrek musical. <laughs> <gasps> that would be, guys. That would be. I fun. think Jamie, you you should. I mean, we'll we'll get into it. We oh, do have yeah. to make that decision we'll to, we'll today. That, what yeah. our rewatch is going to be. Choices uh, will be made. Wait, why don't you do a a podcast where you review each minute? Yeah, sure. <laughs> the the is one minute by minute yeah. by minute. Yeah, that's so. This that's hour a, is going to be just minute one of the Shrek musical. Yeah, uh, but we're yeah. breaking it down. Painful. Each second matters. That sounds I like a Guy Montgomery. A bit. fleck of <laughs> Shrek. Well, they do that with Star Wars. The Star Wars minute. Um, oh, of course uh, they do. Yeah, Andy, I I don't know if we've ever brought up the fact that you founded DreamWorks. Uh, A lot of people think you just founded DreamWorks Animation, but yeah, uh, DreamWorks. I thought it was no, yeah, just the whole. I mean, me and Spiel Spielby. That's what I call him. Spielby. Yeah. What do you think about Jeff going off for Quibi? Do you have any takes on that? Because I know Jeff's a colleague of yours. I have to plead the fifth because of our association. Oh, Jeff's (laughs) yeah, because Catsy. They, they actually convened <laughs> they convened a vote of the board to actually have it change. It used to say it's say DreamWorks and it would say SKG for Spielberg, Katzenberg, Geffen, and there was B for Beckerman. And I don't know what happened, Andy, that it became S it used to be SKGB and it just became SKG. I actually asked them to do that. You know, I see this is not about vanity for me, all right? You know, I mm-hmm, it's about mm-hmm. art. And I think yes. when you it, it, when I make paintings, I don't sign my paintings. So why would I right. sign my production Movies. company, yeah. studio, whatever DreamWorks right. is? Famously, your, Absolutely. your first work of art, as you call it, was Ants right. um, at DreamWorks. And I know that um, you were pushing film. for Woody Allen in the title. Woody role. Allen. Yes. Oh, <laughs> right. 100%. Well, ants are predators, right? Are they? I thought they were going? scavengers. But it just started, I'd always heard that uh, it started with, you were just a man with a vision for a movie about a six foot tall ogre. So like slightly below average height ogre. Um, And that was like one of these days, uh, they will know my vision. All right, Andy. But to me, uh, an average height Jew, a giant. (laughs) Perspective. Perspective. Uh, all right, we're gonna I'm so, I'm just so into get, these egg sacs. 
Oh my God. (laughs) We're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners what we're talking about today. Uh, Wisconsin is open for business. Uh, So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the uh, kind of, it seems like there's some growing consensus that going outside is maybe a good idea. Uh, So like some things that cities are doing to encourage that. Uh, We're going to talk about Kroger being not that cool. We're going to talk about restaurants using mannequins to (laughs) fill their tables for some reason. A lot of restaurant trends. Yeah, uh, we're going to talk about going to the movies, what that's like these days. Uh, and also we're going to talk about what we're watching slash re-watching this weekend. Uh, but first, Andy, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Yeah, uh, so most of it's just uh, stupid, but I looked up, did you know, do you guys know who Richard Sala is? No. He's a cartoonist. I think he has a, a lot of his books are on Fanagraphics comics. Um, oh, okay. He's great. Mm-hmm. He's really, uh, I found out he died yesterday. And it like, oh, sure. I, I kind of went down like, a, I was like reading a lot about him because I, I didn't know him that well. I didn't know. I just read his, his comics. And um, I read that he was, a lot of people compared him to Edward Gorey. And then that brought mm. this my into my head. Do you guys know John Belair? So this is what I searched. John Belair's. He he writes, uh, wrote, he died in like the 90s, kids uh, fiction, but like incredible, it, uh, like this kind of like sci-fi fantasy supernatural stuff. And Edward Gorey did a lot of the illustrations. Oh, um, cool. I think they adapted. Oh, got it. They adapted one of his books into a movie with Jack Black. I don't know how faithful Goosebumps? It was. Goosebumps? No. <laughs> Shallow Hal, I think is what it's called. <laughs> what, the Clock in the Wall? I forget. I read these when I was a kid, but they're like incredibly kind of oh, spooky. Oh, I read those. Yeah. yeah I the, remember like the kid who moves into the one. house with his- The Curse of the Blue Figurine? Yes. Yes. And I just like, uh, the only thing I really want to do, there's like a handful of things that I care about, about like adapting in Hollywood or about- do like besides my own projects, I want to reboot Night Court. Number mm. one, if I ever Thank have you. any power in this boom, town, boom. I want to reboot Night Court. I have a whole yes. plan too. <laughs> and then I w- I would love to like yes. write a John Belair something. Yeah, the ha- the house with a clock in its walls was a uh, like a library book. It wasn't like something that uh, they officially. Uh, like assigned in elementary school, but it was one that like, I feel like was on like reading lists of stuff for me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like um, the McGurk. I remember mysteries. these seeing these covers reminds me of like at the time, like in the library, how I would select books as a kid in my school library. Cause I'm like, yo, this cover art looks fucking old. Fuck that. Look at Pee Wee <laughs> scouts. That shit looks more like comics. I would read like <laughs> or whatever the fuck. Uh, but I remember reading the the blue figurine one. Uh, I think it was for I don't know. It was it was like on some list. But yeah, that art I definitely remember now. Yeah, that Daniel yeah. Pinkwater. These were all, you know, if you are hitting middle aged about right now, this is all your youth. <laughs> what is something you think is underrated? Uh, underrated. Okay, I got a question. All, all three of you guys are Gentiles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ha- yes. Have you ever had challah just sitting around the house? Yes. Yes. Really? 
Oh my God. Yes. I put a poll up on Twitter and I was asking, I, I as a Jew, so I think challah is underrated. I don't, th- like bagels have been gentrified at this point, but I don't, th- I didn't, I didn't think people just had challah sitting around. Like, oh, like the other day I had, a, my lunch was cantaloupe and challah because this is the quarantine Ooh. and, mm-hmm. you know, you just make, make do with whatever you have. Um, I used to have uh challah French toast. Sure. Mm. But just like that's like, how you're it would gonna, be in my house. You're just gonna slice off a slice for a snack. Yeah, I used to work at a bakery in college, though, so I, I, the access was high. And then I just, <laughs> and then I just kept getting because it's so good. I when I was growing up, I didn't have it, but as an adult, I've seen the light. Yeah, I, growing up in LA, I had a lot of like Jewish friends, and then Her Majesty is also a tribe, so you know we keep it real uh, with the hala from time to time, but. The recently it's be, it's come back because I've seen a lot of core hala baking, mm. uh, because a lot of people are trying to flex with the braiding, Ugh. uh, you know, and like get just picturesque halas off. Uh, but haven't actually bought a loaf and kept in my house for a while. I just I just remember as a kid it would be around too because we'd have French toast with it sometimes. Who's doing yeah. the core baking of challah? Is it goyim or is it uh, <laughs> Jews? Uh, no, their tribe. Their oh, okay. tribe. Okay. I think it just, it must feel like one of those, like, you know, like, it's a definitely, like, a, it's a finesse baking thing. Like, when it comes out beautiful, like, I get it. You, like, you want to take a photo. It's so shiny and beautiful, you know, versus a dull looking <laughs> sourdough. What gives it that uh, sheen? Do they paint it with a little uh, egg? Or what's what's going on there? What's so, it's beautiful. It's got to be, right? Yeah. I put um, egg wash on I top. I put lacquer on mine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anyways, we we did not have it. I'm going to start buying it. You you think just like a just a loaf bring it in, cut off a piece when when you're hungry and ready for a snack? Is that proper usage? Hey, it fills you up. Yeah. It's okay. true and it lasts for a bit too. Yeah. The there used chunk. to be, I don't know if it's still around in LA, there was like that kosher deli that was making everything kosher but Turning it into like a sub shop, basically, what? where like you could get you could get a basically a a hero like on a hala hero roll, uh, and then like rather than bacon, it would be gribness, which is basically fried up chicken skin. So when you make schmaltz, like it every level to keep it kosher, like they were considering, and it was so delicious. I don't think they're open anymore, but it was. I think it's called Fleischicks. Um, Fleischicks, and it was like yeah. Amazing. Can you imagine like going to like there's. Hey, do you want to go to Quiznos, Subway, or Fleischnicks? Fleischnicks. <laughs> right. Until you read the menu and you're like, oh my God, this brisket We're sandwich I want to run through drywall for. <laughs> Yo, I'm going to get a gefilte fish sub at Fleischnicks. <laughs> <laughs> what is, uh, what's something you think is overrated, Andy? This takes a little bit of explaining, but uh, the concept of genius in the 21st century, and I'm mostly... I uh, tread carefully, sir. Some of us... <laughs> Our genius. Yes, except okay. So accepting, (laughs) let's let's pretend that I'm not talking about Mensa. All right, and what I am talking about is uh, someone like Elon Musk, who is uh, what I will say is a dumb dipshit who got lucky. Mm. But like, this is the thing about to be born (gasps) into a ruby mine. Yeah, emerald. (laughs) Emerald. I looked it up so I I I was born in a ruby. I wanted to mind my P's and Q's because I didn't want anyone to come for me on this one. Because I know, like, if you 
if you criticize Elon Musk, uh, a bunch of people that uh, will never have any money and uh, have no connection, Muskegee have no connection airmen. to like come for you. <laughs> they come for That's what his fans are called. <laughs> they are? No, I just made that. <laughs> oh, I love it, bro. Fighting 99. Down in flames we go. I'm just thinking of that movie, Tuskegee Airmen, with Lawrence Fishburne, his <laughs> mm-hmm. last scene at the fucking cockpit. Anyway, I'm sorry. So, but tell me about the 20. Are you talking about more of like a classical, uh, like in the antiquities era idea of what genius was and that people had a genius versus people being a genius? No, just the 20, like in the 20th century. Okay. Like, oh, okay. Think of the people that like are called genius now. It's uh, dummies like Bill Gates. Steve Jobs, Jeff Bezos. These are people who like just invested Rich. money. Like they were wealthy. Like <laughs> Elon Musk had a, a, a had family wealth from an emerald mine. All right. Uh, he dropped out of a physics PhD program after two days. And all he's done is invest his money. I, I didn't know. I was about to say well, but I think he's just in invested scalp. his money and got lucky. And then he has backdated his ego. Right. And he says, well, because I'm rich, I must be a genius. And then everyone yeah. like agrees that, oh, these people, they must be geniuses because they're wealthy as opposed to like they've exploited all their labor or they yeah. had family wealth in the first place or they got lucky. But like I was thinking but about that's like genius, Andy, that's genius, though, that mm, they did that, you know, 20th century. Who do we call <laughs> geniuses? Einstein, right? Niels Bohr. Um, Picasso, uh, Picasso, Watson, Crick, and Franklin, right? Uh, James Joyce, like people who either uh, scientific, like changed the scientific paradigm, changed the literary or artistic paradigm in some way. Those were geniuses. Um, yeah. And now it's like a dude who buys a ski do factory and. <laughs> I feel like that it's just all about like how effectively you manage to mythologize yourself. Cause I'm sure that there are like yeah. some people that we have like historically labeled as geniuses who aren't like, there's like, I feel like Edison is a really good example of that. Where like uh, more than a basic snuff test reveals that he was like in many ways, a total fraud. Uh, so, and what was he, Jamie? He's just like these shitheads. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's just like and, if you're able to if you're able to afford to effectively mythologize yourself, you'll probably get away with it. Edison is the Elon right. Musk of the 20th century. Yeah. Right. right. Damn. Wow. Damn. I was just he thinking of it. no just like the way we use the term genius as compared to antiquity when like that that concept of genius emerged is that people had a genius in which it was something external that would visit them to inspire Ooh. this like great work out of these people. Right. And over time, we began to sort of co-op that with our egos and narcissism. Ah. And began, that wording became someone was a genius. That person is a genius rather than has a genius. And I think it's interesting just to even think about how you might create things because people you look at somebody, you'd be like, if you're a musician, like, oh, I love, you know, fucking Johnny Greenwood. He's a genius or yeah. whatever. Like, what does he do? Or but is Johnny Greenwood thinking that he's a genius or is th- is it more about inspiration that you are opening yourself and allowing yourself to create things? And that's where the that's where it comes out rather than like, I think people put this pressure on themselves to be like, if I want to be a genius, then I'm yeah. going to do Exactly. When our first, the way we used to even articulate this concept was that like someone opens themselves up to some truths that they are able to then interpret by how open they are rather than like, 
they fucking got it. Ah. This guy's got the fucking genius. Why do you yeah. think I took my name off of DreamWorks? The w- <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. The way yeah. that I've I've found that term used a lot is just like it, it is like a, a narcissistic thing, but it also is like I feel like sometimes used to remove your like remove accountability from your own behavior and actions. Ah. Like in the case of Elon Musk, and in the case of just like a lot of the Mensa people that I was talking to back in the day, it's just like a situation of like, oh, this person's behaving erratically. They're they're making bizarre choices, and then it's just like, oh, well, they're a genius, so you just don't get what they're doing. It's like no. Well, they right. could conceivably just be being an asshole or <laughs> or acting weird, and then it, but if you are able to like label yourself as greater than, you're like you couldn't possibly understand why I'm exploiting I mean, yeah. my workers. Yeah. You're just like Let, yeah. Right. Let's not forget. I mean, right now we have a very stable genius. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, um, very similar <laughs> situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think the way that. America in particular commodifies like and commodifies narcissism and like makes people think that they are the genius rather than they are transmitters of a genius is there are a lot of American authors who just write one great thing and are heralded as geniuses and then like never write anything again because there's like there's something just like toxic and unnatural and incorrect about that. Whereas I feel like other countries are just like, I'm plying a craft or I'm, you know, a, uh, I'm channeling something higher than myself. Does the sophomore album curse, I wonder if that's unique to American music or if we looked at, is, is the curse of the sophomore album like globally embraced as like a law of creativity? You know what I mean? Cause I'm, to right. your point, Jack, about this emphasis, you do one thing or you come out with this work early, then the, it, the, the expectation of like the subsequent works just becomes like exponentially higher uh, to right. the point where like you have no way to compare it really. But I'm but then also there are some objective sophomore efforts where you're like, yeah, you yeah. clearly got a lot of money and stopped giving a fuck. But I'm, I'm ah. I wonder culturally if that's something like we. Yeah, to us. And are like, yeah, you yeah. Know, it's not, it's not a rule, I think that's but how I you do, burn out. Yeah, I do feel like it's a tendency that Americans have that doesn't really exist as much uh, Exceptionalism, elsewhere. baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is a myth, Andy? What's something people think is... Extractionalism. Yes. Extractionalism, <laughs> as, as we call it. Uh, what is, there's the title. The there's mash the title. Up of, <laughs> it's a mashup of extraction and Shrek. American extra- extractionalism is... Killing our country. Uh, 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 I mean, okay. <laughs> is there a myth that we need to bust at this point? Now that you've come up with extractionalism, uh, well, you tell me if if uh, my myth is that history is knowable because <laughs> I've been is knowable. About, history is knowable. Okay, this is what I've been thinking about lately. Right. I, I was reading about um, hyper objects. Do you guys know what that is? Uh. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Hyper objects are just uh, this is a dumb definition, but like um, they're it's so large that you can't comprehend them. So like history is kind of a hyper object like what we're seeing the effects of climate change right now that started in the 70s or the 60s. Right. So right. the the climate hell we're in right now started 40 years like if we wanted to stop it, we're like four decades too late. Right. And so what we're going to try to do now is stop whatever fucking nightmare is going to be like 40 or 50 years down the line. Right. Right. That's anything we're doing now. It's such a like 
climate the climate itself is a hyper object it's so large we can't really comp and there's all the we can't comprehend it and there's all these time delays right because right. we're not seeing the effects of what we're doing right now for you know half of a human lifetime at least it's funny uh, because like i find those things so easy to comprehend but maybe that's just <laughs> like you yeah. well you, you are a classic are genius a difficult time yeah of yeah. course of yeah. course um, but, um, all he has to do is close his eyes and go to that big old encyclopedia <laughs> brain tannica of his. <laughs> but I've been thinking about like history. Like I've been reading this book called The Devil's Chessboard, uh, which is a history of the CIA. History of like really Alan Dulles, the guy who founded the CIA. And he was a mm -hmm. fucking straight up Nazi. Like literally like if FDR had lived, this guy probably would have been prosecuted for treason because he helped h hide a lot of Nazis after the war. He like he tried to broker FDR's whole thing was, uh, hey, uh, I don't give a shit if you were like a low level Nazi or a top Nazi. We're going to prosecute all of you. Right. Especially the top level guys. And Alan Dulles was this kind of like old school gentleman, like his brother. And like, I think he worked he had worked for a bank originally. Like they had all these business ties with Germany. And basically he helped protect like high level Nazis. And he had tried to broker a deal behind FDR's back that if like high level Nazis turned in Hitler, that they would be freed and they, there wouldn't be any repercussions for them. And only FDR's death prevented him from being uh, prosecuted for treason, basically for betraying the U S and this is the guy that founded the CIA. And then the CIA through the 20th century, just like fucked up foreign countries uh, yeah, like one a year or more. Right? right. And they all they did it all in the background. Like we don't find a, again, this is like this time delay thing. Right. We don't find out about this stuff until the stuff is declassified or if for some reason someone or MS-13 shows up in a neighborhood in a white suburban area and they're like MS-13. And then they're like, well, hold on. You got to go back to El Salvador <laughs> and understand what the fuck we were doing there. To yeah. Destabilize it to the point where these gangs split off and people are like, whoa, oh, oh, oh. Like, how many of us knew about the Latin American dirty wars until we became adults? Right. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had to, like, actually pursue that information because, like, when I even got an inkling of what it was, and I'm like, wait, so we were fighting the Cold War in this other way, like, in Latin America through, like, debt and, like, militarizing opposition groups? It's like, oh, wow, 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 because you didn't want to have an upfront, like, parking armies that yeah it's very interesting history and i think that's to your point about like how we'll never it's hard to know history because the version you get presented in school goes through the filters of like the boards who work with the publishers who know the authors are also based on whatever the cultural tone is of a state i think it's it's hard because america doesn't have that thing yet where like other countries have like will take a sort of sober look at their history yeah to be like yeah you see that bad that was fucking bad back then that was <laughs> yeah. no good we don't like that anymore we don't have that kind of we don't have that kind of uh, curriculum in the united states no we do it, not nope it's just like in fact we have one that sanitizes it all yeah exactly yeah not even omission just like straight no, i was gonna up say lies. like it it was just like no it just reminds me of a thing one of my first college history courses was about Iberian and Spanish history and about the conquistadors and like this kid and I, it shows just sort of like how our teaching works. The first day of class, someone raises their hands and they're talking about, uh, you know, converting uh, indigenous peoples and some like, you know, in the writings back, you know, obviously from the new world, it's like they're loving it. They're learning this new way of life. And then this kid would just be like, hi, uh, 
How do we know though that the the indigenous people didn't want to be converted though if 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 they're still doing it now <laughs> and they yeah. like it and it's just sort of like no one was ever critical enough early on in their them learning history to say these were subjugated people or colonized right. people who were forced at uh, uh, their option was death or you know fucking straight up do gestures across their body that said mm -hmm. they believed their god um right. but yeah it's very that's why I almost became a history teacher ooh there you go uh, Instead, I'm a podcaster. <laughs> Same yeah, thing, right? Teacher. <laughs> All right, guys, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And Wisconsin is back, too. Uh, they are open for business. OFB, Ugh. baby. Um, so Truly the stay-at-home order was lifted by the Supreme Court, uh, which includes all rules about social distancing and masks. And this is one of the top 10 infected states in the U.S. So <laughs> yeah. surprise. We... <laughs> It's terrifying. Like it's my my boyfriend's yeah. family uh, all lives there. A lot of them are seniors, and it's like anyone that you know give gives a fuck. I mean, is terrified because there's um, by all accounts there's people pouring in from adjacent states who are upset with the stay at home orders in like, it sounds like there's a lot of people coming from the Illinois border who are like, Oh, I can go to a bar in Wisconsin. Great. Let me take my COVID to Wisconsin. And it's just, uh, I, I mean, we'll, we'll see, but there, there's no way that it ends well. Every, like it, it sounds like, you know, everyone I know there feels deeply unsafe and is so like, it's just, it doesn't make sense, even in, ter in terms of like this Supreme Court decision. I mean, when you look at, again, we've talked about this constantly, overwhelming majority of American people aren't clamoring to go back and do things because for them, it's not like they're not saying, no, I'm fine living like this forever. Obviously, people would love to return to some semblance of normalcy, but they're not willing to do that at the like the cost of losing people's lives or getting ill and things like that. They're like, no, well, hold on. It's not that serious well, you're also to the point like where I'm going to risk life you're also sending workers like all restaurant employees all all employees that are being forced to go back to work you're sending them potentially to their deaths with like little you know with few options because if your job is open then why are you still asking for unemployment and it's just like it's so fucking oh so you quit oh so you quit yeah so then i no, you actually I don't well, that was the point that's a quit. That's a quit. that was exactly. the point yeah. of that right is to yeah. force people to choose to get them off the unemployment rolls right yeah, you have to. It seems exactly. right. that way, and th there's I'm, there's no other way. There's no other way to explain something so cynical as like a regulation that said if you don't feel safe because the science clearly the science and the biology has not caught up to how severe this is that if you don't feel safe enough to go to work, you're surrendering your job because you know the fucking CEO of Kroger demands his blood money. I've also I heard of a, a number of examples of like the the way that workers are getting to work has changed as well. Like I, I have, uh, my brother works at a bakery and uh, they say, okay, they do, they do. And it's oh, great. Fantastic. I'll never be, I'll, but 
I don't think he works there anymore. And the reason is because they said, okay, we're reopening the bakery. You can have your job back, but we don't want any of our employees taking public transportation. You have to drive. And he lives in a big city with four parking spots. And also, not for no reason, he's not paid enough working the front counter at a bakery to own a car. And so it's like there's all these fucking galaxy brain solutions that I'm sure the business is also in a very difficult spot of they need to keep their their business safe but it's just like workers are left with virtually no options and then you don't qualify for unemployment anymore it's yeah culturally though we're just ingrained with this terrible terrible reflex that because we see how we the as a you know american culture and the government by extension treats people like those in need as like Mm, that's not that's suboptimal to be a person who's in need yeah that like we have this like immediate thing to be like well that's your problem well that's your problem because that's how we're treated by the more powerful than us is well that's your problem and when really i feel like you'd hope the reflexes should be like oh my god yeah stay home i know we're getting killed as a business i need to fucking talk to we need to talk to the fucking banks who is demanding this mortgage from us because i but i have to force you to go to work so i can pay this bank or whoever this rent or the landlord who then owes money to a bank that the uh, the frustration is not turned upward it's always turned downward it's always lo- yeah it's, it's like you should be ashamed of yourself for not being rod. able to what well, do you guys think situation. it's turning a corner i'm seeing more Slowly. and more rage uh directed in the appropriate direction right but slowly yes but I, don't, slowly. I don't think it's i don't think it's not yeah it's slowly which is i've been saying like if that's the one positive I've been able to see throughout this is like there's a little bit more cl- uh, class consciousness that's being brought out of people yeah. rather than like blindly having like parasocial relationships with billionaires you wish you were friends with. And as it relates to the coronavirus, I mean, we like people are going to see, I think New Zealand opened back up a couple nights ago <laughs> and like ha- yeah. had barbers, you know, giving people haircuts and there were lines at at the door they opened up at like midnight and like they actually get to open up because they did the appropriate things in a responsible amount of time. And there wasn't this, yeah, like they were looking out for the welfare and the health of their citizens from the start. Um, yeah, my I, friend I'm, lives in Helsinki and, uh, Finland. I, I, I was looking up the statistics. Finland is, um, a million more people than Los Angeles itself. And right. uh, they have, I think, one one hundredth of the cases of coronavirus. Yeah, it's it's just straight up where, you know, this is what happens when a stupid person runs something as big and complicated as the United States and somebody who's just well, not yeah. capable of uh, who's not up to the task, who's not capable of mammalian thought. Right, <laughs> right. But also just our system of governance is just built to crush the weak and, you know, enrich yeah. the rich. Yeah, so no, it's, it's definitely all, not. We already Trump. we went into the fucking, you know, hockey game with fucking soccer equipment. We're like, oh, bro, we're not even built for the fucking with a chess board. We're completely we went fucked. into yeah, a it's... hockey game holding a pawn. <laughs> Loving these metaphors, guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can get a slap shot. Can't even get a wrist shot with that bishop piece. Right. It's like we went into. um basketball but we were wearing <laughs> skates and like it's like ch- we bought tickets to shrek and we saw puss in boots right by the way Doesn't shrek by fair. shrek 
That has to be the title of the Shrek. minute by minute Shrek, Shrek by Shrek. on Shrek. <laughs> Shrek. Shrekened by Shrekened. Um, Shrek oh my god, that's pretty good. The Shrekening. Uh, so I mean, this is so the, this is one way of doing things, the Wisconsin way, where everybody is crowding together. Uh, despite the fact that we don't have the things in place or the, you know, falling levels of infection uh, to support that sort of behavior. There's the New Zealand model, which involves, you know, investment of smart behavior and investment of like people staying at home and sheltering in place uh, for a long time. Uh, and then you're able to open back up something that seems like it's sort of happening that I don't know it's kind of like a complicated situation where I don't know necessarily how to feel about it just yet but you know because there are these studies like the contact tracing uh, with coronavirus in China that said that you know out of thousands of cases there's like two cases of transmission outside because it's just the air is able to spread out more. The germs are able to spread out more. Some cities are starting to adapt things so that, you know, you can have restaurants that will, you know, have outdoor seating that bleeds out into the streets. And so they'll like close down streets. Uh, love the idea of closing down streets. Love the idea of being able to go outside uh, but to Jamie's point, you're just hoping that this is not a situation where we're just doing this so that we can take people off of the unemployment payrolls and like force them back to work and things aren't all that safe for them in the first place. Yeah, it, it yeah. feels all connected to like reopening the economy as opposed to actually doing anything in anyone's best interest. And it's also just benefiting people who like to be at bars. Yeah, well, I think whenever, whenever I hear any municipal leader, governor, whatever, uh, have the word, you know, because we we got we I know, look, we got to do it safe, but we got to re obviously people want to reopen or whatever. I love that there's always just that like hat tip to like the ownership class always, and they're like, you know, because we know people want to reopen. I don't know a damn person who doesn't who wants to reopen again. We just want to know that it's safe. Deal right. with that first. Right. Deal with that first, and the fact. And I guess, again, the buck stops with the fucking citizens because the federal government failed to act. So now it's like, I, I don't know, guys. I mean, you got to get back to work. So I mean, we're would you guys go to like if Los Angeles opened up everything tomorrow and we could have live no. comedy again no. and go to no. movies? I wouldn't no. go. No. no. Yeah, no. definitely not. Alamo Drafthouse no. sent me. Uh, I don't know why I answered their survey, but they sent me a survey. I've been answering so many uh, surveys that I wouldn't normally. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, why oh not? My. And there. Also, quick note to any listeners out there: any surveys you have that ask where you heard about something, please always mark podcast so that way ad revenue <laughs> yeah. keeps flowing into the industry. Okay, back to you. But yeah, I, I answered it for some reason. But they were like, "What? When would you come back to an Alamo Drafthouse?" And they listed all these things like, "What if we?" Test it. What if we like took the temperature of our employees every hour? What if we did, you know, social distancing in the theaters and all this stuff? And then the last choice was there's a vaccine. And I'm like, yes, that last one, the one that, yeah, that's the, the one, one where I don't die, where I'm assured that I don't die. Health guarantee to go. What if Alamo yeah. Drafthouse is sitting on the vaccine and they're just waiting for the results <laughs> of the survey? <laughs> 
They're like, mm, I don't know. We haven't we haven't re- reached critical mass yet with enough yeses for that question. <laughs> the FDA approved it, but we don't. We only have a handful of responses. So I don't know. What do we do? Right. They're just waiting for people to respond to their uh, online email survey. I'll so scoob it like, home. well, I guess if no one wants to t- take a few minutes to answer our survey, no one gets a vaccine. Huh. Anyways, yeah, works. I am in favor of the one aspect of this, which is closing streets to road traffic since nobody has anywhere to go. Anyways, um, Cincinnati. What do you mean, like has, everywhere or just parts? No, just parts. Cincinnati has oh, closed parts of 25 streets so restaurants can expand outdoor seating, but just like the ability to walk down the street and like give each other wide berths is, uh, you know, that's kind of how when I've gone out for a walk with... Uh, my kids, you don't want to like walk directly next to somebody. Uh, so you you do use the street more than Staggered. you used to. Um, but Oakland has closed almost 10% of roads to traffic. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's this is this is a thing we're probably going to need to do anyways because of climate change. So we might as well experiment with different, you know, forms of yeah. city planning. It, it just it just seems a bit premature. Like for me, when I see that, like, okay, like, yeah, we've been able to do this to like mitigate the transmission and things. I'd feel safe if there was a treatment right? than to be going to this level of normalcy where it's like still, because we're not talking about limits of people together. We're just saying outside better than inside. Right. Sure. But at that point, if you want me to be out there, like, you know, yucking it up, like without having a concern with other what other people's you know infection status or whatever is then i'd want to know that there's at least a treatment that we're not i'm not left reading all these stories of like people just you know just whatever horrible outcome ends up happening for them or the people who end up making it through and because they're in the icu the secondary recovery from being in the icu so long yeah is like another thing that is somewhat talked about but we we forget about like you're not the many people are like i'm not the same since this I'm, I'm just not yeah yeah it's very but it's yeah. worth it, it man if me and my bros can go to applebee's and get some whiskey soaked <laughs> pork screamers yeah <laughs> from the quibbies from the quibby sub screamer. menu yeah uh, uh if you know you f- quibby. if you know folks who are in wisconsin and like flocking to the bars please talk to them that's all but not in person not also, in cu- person. They, oh yeah, make sure you say this was doing it. They might show up at your house. They might just show. Right. They're like, oh no, we can do this now, and then they'll just cough in your mouth, and then that's it. They're yeah, but like if you do, I mean, I don't know. I've I've been thinking about that too. It's like eventually there will be people in our lives who are breaking, like who are putting other people in danger with their actions, and it's like you know the conversations will have to be had. Yeah, and then cut them out of your life. Mm-hmm. Have that conversation, and then. People need to feel some kind of repercussions for their shitty behavior. I think a lot of those people have already been culled after the election, though. <laughs> That's what I was saying. I was, it makes me think of the Facebook posts of like triumphant uncles eating Thanksgiving dinner alone, being like, these snowflakes have no fucking <laughs> <laughs> tears streaming yeah. down their face. <laughs> I don't even miss my oh, daughter. Just- There's this terrifying oh. article about the on the Atlantic that's about Q as a new religion. Like no. that this is going to outlive Trump and outlive Trumpism. And that, like, when you look at it compared to other uh, religions, it's grown, like, faster than, uh, like, all sorts of religions. So they're just saying, like, 
it could end up being like the next whatever giant Scientology globe spanning cult. Globe spanning yeah. cult. Well, there was a thing where like I think one of the Q accounts like tweeted a link to a porn video and all the followers were pissed. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? But one of the things was like a woman who's like just uh her son is is like a journalist and she's like i she's a q adherent and it's just i see more graffiti of it around la yeah it's it's like not people going throw away. up stencils on the like... sidewalk oh yeah graffiti's oh, yeah, up no. too because of all the delinquent teens no one's paying attention to them yeah, yeah. Exactly. and not even good not even good throw-ups i'm seeing i'm seeing some real sloppy non-stops all you graph kids in the city please up, up your game these non-stops are looking real sloppy Mm. Although in my neighborhood, RIP Juicy. Oh, okay. Let them know. All right, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about uh, some sillier shit. And we're back. And let's talk about uh, what movies we're going to, what movies slash TV shows we we'll be streaming over the weekend to talk about on Monday's episode. Top some from the top 10. What do we think is something? What are we Top are we 10 are we? is Dead to Me, The Wrong Missy, which is the new Lauren Lapkus, David Spade show. Yeah. Outer Banks, which we've already reviewed. It's apparently great. And I've already, I've come, I've completed the entire season. Have you really? By the way, how did it no turn way. out? I finished Good. it by Wednesday. Wow. Amazing. Yo, it gets, you know, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something. It moved, the whole thing is trash, but there is because of all the injustice in the world. There's like these two privileged white characters that I must see brought to justice, <laughs> um, and I'm left with a fucking cliffhanger at the end of season one. Uh, yeah. So whatever. Outer Banks is still up there. Uh, John Henry, uh, which is like Terry Crews as a superhero uh, who's got a hammer and cleans up. The streets, I think, is what it says in the trailer. Trial by Media. Yeah. Uh, Trial by Media is like a documentary. Have a Good Trip is that documentary we talked about uh, a couple days ago. Um, Oh, yeah. Somebody should do that one. Grey's Anatomy, Sleepless, a Jamie Foxx action movie. Uh, it's people are calling it the extraction of this week's Netflix top ten. Uh, Ozark Wait, so in Hollywood. Black Straction. <laughs> yeah, Black Straction. Okay, I'm watching that. I saw the thing because I was like, look at Jamie Foxx's hairline again. Somehow, it, moving we, forward, we've reached a new phase of the. We've, we're moving forward as a hairline. Yes, uh, but I think I will. That definitely caught my eye, and so did the John Henry one because the. The thing, the poster looks so weird, isn't it? Like Terry Crews, like a fucking sledgehammer, like yeah, like on his shoulder, and he yeah. looks sweaty. He's got like a patchy beard or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think he's got a patchy beard. I think, and oh. in fact, the trailer has him oh, like shaving his head and face. Uh, then I'm out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, need the patches. Need patches. Need the patchy beard. But uh, I would do John Henry. John Henry. That's an old uh, folk song. Um, I'm done for Wait, them. what about the Shrek musical? I mean, listen. I think Jamie has to watch there. that. It's there. I think I'll watch it too. Really? It's really how fun. Long, wait, how long is it's it? It's two hours. Look, because I'll, I'll tell you something. I hate musicals, but I have nothing to do. This sounds freaky. 
And I think maybe my opinion, I'm already going into it with the kind of take that most people would expect. And who knows, maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. I love musicals. And for a very transparent cash grab musical, I think it's pretty good. And it also heightens the emotional stakes of Shrek beyond what anyone ever <laughs> wanted. There's a number okay, of, well, okay. it's great. That you've sold me. The song what do I search? Just, Shrek, Just look up Shrek. What I, Shrek the musical on YouTube and it'll pop up? No, it's on Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix? It's been on Netflix for like seven oh, years. They, no one wow, else wants wow. it. Okay. No one's looking for All the right. rights. Well, then I'm getting my pipes warmed up. Whew. All right. My weed pipes. Miles is watching uh, Shrek the musical. Jamie, what are, are, you, are you interested in Have a Good Trip? Uh, which one is that? That's the- Everyone's Drug Stories? Everyone's, everyone's Drug, drug stories. stories animated. Sure, sure. Or a wild card, pick anything. Or pick know. anything. I can do have a, have a good trip. I just feel like since we talked about it, we might as well get in there. There's also yeah. uh, Willy Wonka. <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is streaming on Netflix, and so is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, in case anybody's interested in either oh, of cool. those. Grab a top 10. Do a top 10 thing. I'll do, uh, I'll do, I'll do the David Spade, Lauren Lapkus movie. Okay. That's a movie? Oh, it's not a show? Yeah, it's a whole no, movie. No, it's a movie. Wow. It's a yeah. whole damn movie. Are they, it's a whole ass movie a whole with. Ass movie. Are they love interests? Yes. Uh, yes, except oh, Lauren Lapkus wow. is wacky. Right. Love it's it. David yeah. Spade I love meets Lapkus. his dream girl, Molly Sims. And then uh, he's like, yeah. Wait, he, former SI swimsuit model, Molly yeah. Sims? You, you bet. Oh, wow. And then <laughs> yeah. he. Me back to 98. <laughs> he I, invites Missy. Uh, he has Missy in his cell phone, and he invites her to a va- Hawaii vacation, but it's the wrong Missy. And so <laughs> Lauren Lapkus shows up instead, and uh, David Spade's like, oh, brother, I'm so, uh, I'm such a catch. He's and like, I'm like, so look at this loser. Uh, <laughs> What's the age yeah. difference between Lauren and David Spade? It's large. It's not small. It's not small. Well, let's see. David Spade is 55. Wow. Oh, no. uh, and I think Lauren Lapkus is my age, so maybe like 35 or 36. Lauren is Oh, so 30, just a 20 year. 35 this year. So just a 20 just year 20 age years. difference. Okay, but Lauren Lapkus is the gross one in the movie. I love Lauren Lapkus so much, <laughs> but there's yeah, but she's yeah. Lauren is so it's, it, so funny. She's both a nice person and an extremely funny person. It's not yes. there's nothing she can't do. I'm looking forward to seeing uh what what they make her do in this movie. Yes. Uh, do you think there's a scene? I haven't seen the trailer, but based on what you're saying, I'd imagine there's a moment where David Spade is drinking like out of a big pineapple, like a f- tropical drink, and then he's waiting to meet Molly Sims at the restaurant, and then Lauren Lapka shows up and just full-on tropical drink spit take. Like, I have like a strong sense. Anytime David... I don't have like a strong attachment to David Spade. I didn't like really grow up with him but like when i first moved to la uh i was at i was at the the uh the comedy no where was i were you I was at, at the, uh, i was at the improv the brown derby uh, i was at the, <laughs> i was at the improv like early on and someone like came over to me and said in this very conspiratorial like reverent way Hey, if you want to sneak into the main room, spades on. You can learn a few things. And I just like, oh, just I just hear spades on echoing in my brain forever and ever uh, in the most reverent tone. You're just like, all right, spades on. Spades when on. When I first when I first Soup's moved to Hollywood, I was on. at Musso and Frank's, 
And I saw Spade, Sandman, and uh, Schneider sitting over at another <laughs> table sharing steaks. You're like, I'd like he's talented, but it, but Spade's on really killed me. Spade's on. Just 10 minutes before, Polly Shore got kicked out for drinking too much. I mean, man. Right, yeah, right after, da- yeah, right before Dane Cook was like banned from the improv for life or whatever, uh, there was some, <laughs> or maybe it was the Laugh Factory. Who cares? All right. Comedy, uh, comedy's over. Remember that? Comedy clubs? Comedy clubs. Miles, everyone's Miles you, pick, you pick for me Sleepless or Willy Wonka? Sleepless. Sleepless. Uh, well, people, yeah, we've, people already know about Willy. I mean, unless you've never seen. Nah, nah. I'm more interested in Sleepless because I think we should we should forge ahead with whatever. Like, I think we're taking a sample of what's trending on Netflix and we're okay. just like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Even though I'm taking the outsider pick just because I think the. Possibility of a yeah. Shrek musical. Okay, we'll do one outsider rocks. pick and then two uh, Netflix trending per week. Uh, boom. boom. We've got them all there. Got I it. am Shrek the musical. Jack is sleepless. And Jamie is- The other Missy. The, what's that Lauren Lapkus thing called? The other, the other Missy. The wrong Missy. The wrong Missy. The wrong Missy. The wrong Missy. Oh. She's not just the other Missy. She's wrong. She's oh, my God. <laughs> oh. You guys, that is so wrong. That's so messed <laughs> up. Are you on crack? That she shouldn't awesome. exist. Oh, wow. That's how wrong she is. You sound like a 16-year-old white girl. <laughs> I know. Are you on crack? Uh, so let's talk really quickly about something uh, that restaurateurs are doing to... I, I don't fully understand why. So they realize that when they reopen, uh, they're, they're not going to be able to have people in all the seats. So they're going to have designated seats where people can't sit. And rather than just removing the chairs or mm-hmm. removing the entire table, some restaurateurs, including a three Michelin star uh, restaurant in Virginia, are uh, populating the restaurant with mannequins in uh, no. old-timey clothes, in, in the case of the Virginia restaurant. And the, <laughs> the servers will be filling the mannequins wine glasses and having cheerful one-sided conversations with them. This has to uh, be this owner a, is fucked. This has to be just like an attempt to get press, right? Like they're But right? it's right? Yeah, it seems but like it's something Michi- it's the only Michelin-starred restaurant in Virginia. I don't know how much more right. press they or need, it's right? Or it's Everyone's quar brains yeah. are fucking mis like all their synapses are fucking just like <laughs> I think going that's nuts. Right. In that's true. and then and don't, shh, there's a baby at the table. But, Offer them milk for their baby. Suckle, suckle is. the baby mannequin at your breast, yeah. waiter. Yeah. Like Rosa, like Rosa Sharon. As JM writes, presumably the staff will also prevent customers from leaving the room because they insist they're too. They're also mannequins who have to stay there forever, uh, <laughs> because this is clearly part of a R.L. Stein story. That's um, so funny. <laughs> But yeah, there's oh, no. there's like a French restaurant that created like balloon people. <laughs> I once saw like one of the creepiest things I ever saw was a special effects shot from uh, Friday Night Lights where the crowd is full of mannequins so they could just like keep shooting and not have to like, you know, treat the extras like humans. But like somebody took a photograph of it and it's just this entire stadium full of dummies uh, just sitting there. Uh, anyway, uh, how's that different well, from sports anyway? Hey! Oh, we were talking about that with like weddings a while back too, though. Where, where like choir weddings were putting like homemade cardboard cutouts that they're like, and this is my mommy, and this is my daddy, and this is my college roommate, and yeah. like 
So that's it's all you know. Mommy. People need shit to do. This broke yes, everyone. So there's, this thing, there's this, this, the last two <laughs> this months just shattered everyone's brains. So Belarus has a soccer league where they are like desperate enough for uh, money that they just never closed. Everybody else is, is like, you know, we're gonna close, but this Belarus soccer league's like, nope. And but people just stopped going for the most part. So the league started selling tickets for virtual fans, uh, which meant that you would buy a ticket online and they'd stick your photo on top of a dummy. And it really looks like something you'd find in a serial killer's attic. Uh, it's no. it's so it's, strange. Yikes. There's just really a something. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to put myself in the place of a restaurant where, you know, there's maybe like 10 other people in it when normally there'd maybe be like 80. And I don't know if I'd, I think maybe just like play some music or something. Right. That's enough for me. Right. I, don't, I don't need to be like, oh, isn't it weird how there's like no one in here? I think maybe like the awkward sound of only like five plates being eaten off of might be weird, but I don't need fucking freaky mannequins. I think the most basic experience, like thing you can do if you're reopening your business is like just don't do anything to make the situation more haunting than it already is. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like it's already a it, an uncomfortable situation. You don't have to add. 500 haunted mannequins into the mix <laughs> just to see it. They're like, okay, so we know that this is really scary, but what if it got like silly scary? Like, it's like an Chucky dolls at all of the tables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to prevent any germ transfer, the receptionist will be greeting you with a dummy, like a ventriloquist, a ventriloquist dummy. dummy. Yeah. And she's like, also wearing okay. a pinhead mask. You'll have to speak mask. directly to the ventriloquist dummy. Yeah, yeah. You're like, okay, so we know we are forcing our servers to go back to work, but we're also making them put a paper mache head next to their head, like they're a <laughs> two-headed person. And you have to talk <laughs> to both of the heads when you order. Right. Do you Every feel restaurant safe? is going to be that Times Square restaurant where people dressed up like monsters. Okay, that yeah, restaurant. What is that rocked. restaurant called? Or like, or the diner in Back to the Future, where it's like all just robots with video screen faces. One of the oh, yeah. last. It's like, hey, can you, oh, can you Max get Max Headroom to give me more pep? Yeah, Max more Frewer. Pepsi, please. What's Matt Frewer doing right now? Get him to reboot Max Headroom. <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde is the name of that Manhattan restaurant. I went there like oh, two weeks right. before Quar. <laughs> Did you it really? Was, yeah, it was one of my last. Uh, and it is. Stinky, 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 sticky, sticky, sticky. All of the animatronics are broken, and my Groupon didn't work. Zero out of ten. <laughs> uh, sticky and stinky. Wait, stinks like what? Like just like they don't clean up, or like everything oh, smells like bo. Well, it it's I don't even know what the smell. Is. It smells like rotting something. It's not like and yeah. all the servers were super nice and also didn't want to be there. But I wanted to go and see, yeah. like, I like animatronics. I'm like, oh, let's see. But they're Famously. All, they're mostly broken. It smells uh, weird. And it's so dark in the restaurant that you're like, the lights, putting the lights on in here would be an automatic health code shutdown. Sticky. <laughs> but that's like, that's the beauty of the novelty restaurant is <laughs> it's full of COVID-19. By the way, yes. of everything we've talked about today... I think the saddest statement so far has been my Groupon didn't work. Fuck, didn't work. Gutting. It was devastating. Would have been a great deal had it worked. (laughs) What was the deal exactly? Like, what what was was the Groupon? What was the. 
It was an absurd amount of food. It was like you got like a drink, you got like a three course meal for like thirty dollars. There, it would have been amazing. But then, Whoa. but then they were like, "Oh, we don't fuck with this Groupon," and I'm like, "Okay, I guess we'll have French fries and a Miller Lite and be on our way." <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we did. All right, that's forty three dollars. It was still so expensive. Yeah, whatever. Andy, it's been a pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Where can people find you, follow you, hear you, experience you? Uh, at Andy Beckerman on all social media. At Andy Schreckerman on no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couples therapy uh, podcast that I do with my dear love Naomi. Uh, uh, weekly on Tuesdays, we do a Twitch show at two p.m. every at uh, two p.m. PST every week. Sometimes we have guests, such as the aforementioned Lauren Lapkus. Um, so good. Also, I've been doing another podcast called Beginnings for like 10 years now, uh, where I talk to uh, artists I admire about their childhoods. Um, this week is Michael R. Jackson, recent Pulitzer Prize winner uh, um, and wow. the uh, composer of uh, Strange Loop, uh, the off-Broadway musical. Mm. Um, oh, my God. I've talked to... Stephen Merritt uh, from Magnetic Fields, Damon Lindelof, a ton of people. Um, they're pretty good conversations, so check that out. I think uh, beginningspod.com. Nice. Awesome. Uh, and is there a tweet or some other work of social media? While we're on the subject of just timeless brilliance, is there some dumb tweet that made you laugh? Yes. I got two of them here. Uh, Iowa Debris. Um, if I were a multimillionaire, I would simply log off. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a burn. And uh Luke Monas uh uh both of these uh are stand-ups. Uh but he wrote, "Have we considered that years like 2020 and 2016 are not bad, but rather that existence itself is an unending nightmare?" <laughs> Worth considering. Think. Just putting it out there, you know. <laughs> Uh, Jamie, where can people find you and follow you? And what's a tweet you've been enjoying? You can find me on Twitter at Jamie Loftus Help, Instagram at Jamie Christ Superstar. I'm going to recommend another YouTube thing today. Um, this was a YouTube series and a YouTube channel that was just brought to my attention the other day called Brat. Anyone ever watch Brat? Okay. Brat is... It's a channel that is directed at, I think I'm just going to try to write a whole story on this, but like it's a channel directed at teens where they get TikTok teens and musically teens to star in narrative series that have zero production value and make no sense. Where I'm going to direct you to begin on the Brat TV channel is a show called Chicken Girls, a show where there are no chickens, but there are <laughs> girls. <laughs> It's it is the most bananas thing. I was laughing my ass off watching these poor fourteen year olds try to enact a show called Chicken Girls for like three hours last night. You gotta watch Chicken. It's on season six. It has so many seasons. There's so many examples of like just the production. It's no, I don't know who to blame, but I enjoy it. There's so many examples of like something that was clearly supposed to happen in post, but then just didn't where it's like there's kids on computers and you can tell, oh, there's the screen is supposed to be on, but whoever was in post just didn't add in a screen that's on. So it's kids being like, ha ha ha. I can't believe she said this. And it's just an empty. (laughs) Are you sure it's not like a Tim and Eric thing? 
It's definitely not. No, it's very, it's very late capitalism YouTube channels, like digital startup by like some guy in his like late 30s, early 40s who is like, kids love TikTok. So if we make a YouTube channel with TikTok kids, it doesn't matter what they're fucking saying. And he's kind of right. I'm, I've been, I'm, I'm only like halfway, I'm, I'm, you know, in, in the end of the first season. But you gotta watch. We gotta start talking about chicken girls. Your journey's just begun. I really. There's so much content on this channel. It's it's like it, overwhelming. Miles, where can people find you? Follow you, and what's a tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Miles of Gray. Uh, also, my other show, 420 Day Fiance, talking about 90 Day Fiance, super high. Um, now some tweets. First, I just want to uh, tell people that there was a story about how Prince Harry has no friends in Los Angeles and feels isolated. If any listener can help get me in contact with Prince Harry so I can be his friend while he lives in Los Angeles, please let me know. <laughs> I have the exact same birthday as him. We like the same soccer team. I have a feeling he has never probably smoked a blunt like I can roll. Uh, I'm also a person of color like his wife. I just feel like I can keep going. Also, from the valley, look, it writes the tale writes itself. Um one t- uh, tweet I like is from Shay Serrano, uh, who like sort of apparently th- today uh, or Thursday, apparently Thursday was the anniversary of the seminal rap duo Clips, The Clips, uh, dropping the track Grindin'. Uh, and Shay quote tweeted this video of like the music video. He said, this anniversary has got to be like Pearl Harbor for cafeteria tables. Because <laughs> everybody was banging that shit out on the table. Mm. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Jack underscore O'Brien. Uh, some tweets I've been enjoying. Charlie tweeted, nobody in TV show has friends unless the whole thing is they have friends. Uh, and that's just true. And then Kakashi's BM tweeted, him, doggy style? Me, Roke Raggy. Uh, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. Oh. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on Miles. What is that going to be today? Uh, This track, unfortunately, not available on the typical sites uh, because it's a bit of a a cheeky remix, so it won't be on your Spotify's or Apple Music's. A bit of a cheeky remix, if I would, and I will. Uh, This one is for all my fans out there of Slum Village. Uh, There was a track that they had with Kanye West called um, uh, Selfish, uh, and also with John Legend. Uh, But this is the Junior State remix of Slum Village's Selfish, and it's a great rework. Um, That's what I love of finding on SoundClouds are all these like bedroom producers like just doing really great flips and remixes to classical songs Mm. all right well we are gonna ride out on that the daily zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app apple podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite shows that's gonna do it for this morning we'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending we'll talk to you then bye bye Bye. thanks for having me and I'll be trying to come around my girl acting like Mr. Friendly It's still the spotlight like Mr. Bentley I spotted her like Spud McKenzie And for them fake boobies, I paid them Benjis Get your own, I got Paris, he got Nicky, he tried to get him a clone He said, yeah, you know you got X 
and everything you do is extra cold. From the polo fleece to the Jesus 